when I first got into sales, I went over 56 in sales. I also did not do well on my test, failed that 12 times. How? <laughs> like, I know, I know. I remembered a mentor telling me like, go find somebody with fruit on the tree and learn from them and let their ceiling be your floor. Bought the program, passed the test. And then I continued to learn from other people in the first year in real estate and I made 222,000. People who take massive action do it because the purpose of that action exceeds the cost of however difficult that action is going to be or that goal is going to be to hit. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Way Podcast where our mission is to help you not go broke, trying to get rich. Today, my guest brought me a kunkel. If you guys have never heard of a kunkel, neither have I, but it's straight from Israel. It's going to give me a lot of favor. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. And uh, apparently you you can blow it like a horn. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's actually called a shofar. Shofar, like Jafar from Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. I really like it. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kyle, you are a real estate agent out in Durango, Colorado. Yep. It's like, how many people are there? Uh, like 20,000 people. 20,000 people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who would be in a small town like that would think there's not like a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. to have real estate or build a career or a big business, but you're making it happen. In yeah. Only a few years in real estate. Yep. Yep. A few years in real estate, three years in real estate and uh, making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was interesting is like I was just, we were talking pre-show and stuff was, uh, you know, you, you started out in baseball similar yep. to me and um you you were on mission trips and you met your wife young like yeah. very a lot of interesting parallels yeah how how did you get to where you're at well uh i think for me probably just always just learning from people um but really just trusting the process and being okay with failure and and all of that um but yeah i think i think baseball teaches you how to fail like you go i mean if you're going one for three you're in the you're in the hall of fame like yeah so Killing i it. think yeah so <laughs> understanding like just in sales like when i first got into sales not into real estate but into marketing i went over 56 in sales what was your is, first sales job yeah it was it was actually selling ads in a magazine that okay. i had i was a franchise and i had started that and my best clients were real estate agents and so i grew that company finally to making like 10k a month but I knew that there was more and I was always intrigued by real estate investing. And I thought the first thing I should do is get my license mm. and not necessarily that you need that, but, um, yeah, that was kind of the first move for me. And, and, uh, except I also did not do well on my test, failed that 12 times. And my did wife, you? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> like, I know, I know I, I, I've never been. And why did you want to even stay with real estate? Like, after yeah. Failing that many times. Yeah. My, my wife was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I, I do. And, uh, and I just, I rem, I remembered a mentor telling me like, go find somebody with fruit on the tree and learn from them and let their ceiling be your floor. And so I started to do that and understand that. So I went and got this program, bought the program, passed the test. And then I continued to learn from other people in the first year in real estate. And I made 222,000. Wow. And so, um, which is, you know, great, That's crazy. For, yeah. Great for me. Um, and just that, but it was just being open and humble enough to be willing to learn. So as you still had an answer, how the heck did you fail 12 times? <laughs> like if, if, <laughs> if you were like hanging out and like, I mean, obviously you killed it once you got in. Yeah. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, I think honestly, like I said, I'm just not great at taking tests and I didn't study the way that I should have. And I just needed to study in a different way. And that 
buying, learning to invest in myself allowed me to um, pass the test. And that was kind of that oh, trigger. Oh, you passed it after you got the mentorship and yep. stuff. All yep. right. You kept yeah. trying to do it on your own. And yeah. Then and then I Obviously couldn't. wasn't working out. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny because I see a lot of people who fail in just whatever they're trying to do, whether it's flipping houses or wholesaling or starting a business. And look, the majority of people do fail. Yeah. I mean, like what's the statistic? It's like 80% of small businesses fail yeah. within five years. Um, you know, most people who want to invest in real estate don't. Yep. And majority of those people don't have any kind of mentorship or anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for you, you obviously like, we're failing yeah. like many others. Actually, you failed a lot more than most would. Yeah. Most would just like take the test once and be like, this ain't it. Yep. Maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, that's an interesting thing. So you're playing baseball too? Yeah. So I, I was playing baseball in college and, uh, you know, I played football and baseball in high school and I was just better at baseball. And so played at a small school in Oregon uh, called Corbin University and then, Played four years there, played a summer in Dominican, and that was kind of what got me into like the whole like travel, kind of a travel bug almost. Um, but it was it was more just seeing, I, I mean, I love the way that culture plays baseball. And Dominicans. So, the Dominic, yeah, just being in the Dominican. And so, but yeah, so I played baseball, yep. Yeah, man, I'll tell you like <laughs> the Dominicans, I mean, they're, you know, just like so many good players. Yeah. Um, that was the big shell shock for me when I got into pro baseball. Yeah. Just seeing all these guys and like, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And also seeing that they have no backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you don't make it. That's it. I mean, like you're yeah. going to be in a third world country, like yeah, super poor. Yeah. And I think that's what's really opened my eyes in a lot of ways to, they just had so much fun with the game, even though there was so much pressure to perform. And I think all of that was like a mixture of like good. Like I remember watching a game and there was this, uh, it was a shortstop who had made two errors in the row and he was pouting and the third baseman walks over and just knocks him in the chin. They <laughs> get up and then they finished the inning and they went out and scored like four or five runs. And it was just like, it was, it was like so different, yeah. But it was just like that intensity, yet like family, and just like correcting him in a in a unique way. But you're right. I mean, poverty, like they're in true poverty, and so to be able to like get out of that, um, like baseball is their way. Yeah, I'm go- actually going to the Dominican um, this month. Nice. So nice. Where are you going? Uh, dang, I forget what it's called. It's not, I went to the Dominican last year. I went to Punta Cana. Uh huh. And that was fun. Um, but this is a different spot. Cool. So I, I like it out there. Yeah. No, it's it's beautiful, beautiful ocean, beautiful people, culture's fun. Yeah. And then baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You said you had the travel bug. What, what does that mean? Uh, so, so I had done some mission work when I was a kid. My parents, we actually in, in second grade, I moved from California to, uh, Mexico and we lived there for like six months and I hated it. What part of Mexico? It was outside of Chihuahua and my dad was helping like build some type of business there okay. um he was like it was like teaching english and um and it got really dangerous so we moved back to california but it was uh i i didn't like it like i got picked on i didn't speak the language and like i had to i don't know it was just such a weird time and i was young um but that was like my experience of traveling outside the country but when i went to the dominican i was like this is awesome this is fun and so it kind of led into my next season of life after after uh 
baseball, I ended up doing something called the world race where I went to 11 countries, 11 months and got to do mission work all around the world and, and help people. So is the world race like a Christian thing or it is, it, oh, is. it is, it sounds like it's not, but it's through adventures and missions, okay. but the, the was actually, it's actually called the world race. So how does that work? So you sign up and basically you go through an interview process. You go to the training camp, which is like three or four days where they don't feed you. <laughs> not really where they don't feed you, but you get less food than you normally would. Yeah. And when you're out of college, I'm like, gosh, I got to eat. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, but anyways, they set you up on a team. And so they were sending out uh, big groups of basically 50 people at a time to these different countries. And then you split up into like pods of seven or eight and you partner with full-time missionaries that were there. So we mm. went to Guatemala, Honduras. So seven or eight of you would go to one spot. To one spot and work with that missionary for the entire month. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you you and eight other people, were you guys, was it the same eight people? Uh, not the whole year. There's times that, so the squad would switch the teams every yeah. like three months or so. Um, just to yeah. mix it up. And so you, where did you go? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Malaysia, the Philippines, oh. uh, South Africa and Swaziland. I want to go to the Philippines. Yeah. I've not ever been to the homeland. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was beautiful. Like, I mean, the country was beautiful. We worked with like kids who are who are in kind of in gang life and so we would take them up to basically like this mini castle on a hill mm -hmm. and we would mentor them and teach them english and play sports with them and and just kind of get them out of their situation because they would be living on the streets you know during those times so it so was, yeah. you were in a different spot each month yeah why, why is it only 11 months why not just 12 i don't know <laughs> I, I i should ask uh seth barnes the guy who created it to ask him that question but that's Probably because, well, I don't know. I was gonna say maybe because of Christmas, but that just happened to be our group because there's people who were in other countries for Christmas. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So you do that. I mean, that was like right after college. Right after college. Yep. I mean, what what was like the biggest thing you learned from that experience? Like, what are some things that happened? I think the biggest, some of the biggest things I learned was to really appreciate, obviously, everything I have. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot um, as a kid. And, but seeing like, like even just our first month, like in Guatemala, we worked with a dump ministry and there's these people's houses were made out of trash and made pennies a day. And so to see that like true poverty was, was really something that, uh, like really just hit me. Um, but it also, I feel like set me up for the business world in a lot of ways I didn't, wouldn't know. Um, but just being able to connect with anyone because you don't need to speak the same language with someone to kick a ball or to throw right. a ball or anything like that. So just that's the beauty of, of, of sports, but just having that skill, I guess, to connect with anyone, mm -hmm. I think was, was really awesome, but really just, I feel like the overall theme was to appreciate everything you have and to live a life full of adventure. Yeah. So what, did you end up, I mean, I, I think you were telling me earlier, you met your wife during that time too? Yeah, yeah. I need to phrase this right because I would say that I met my wife on the world race and they're like, oh, what country is she from? But when, and the last time I did a, a little talk there, they were like, well, did you meet her in like Nicaragua? Or I was like, no, no, she's from the US. She's She was awesome. one of the missionaries. She was one of the missionaries. Yep, just to be clear. And we actually weren't on the same squad. So we just met at training camp. Ah. She came out of the bathroom wearing a Nevada sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, my buddy played football there. And she had played ah. basketball there. And we just started talking. And 
ended up finding out a lot of similarities. Like she was from Durango. And originally I was like, I, I had lived, I was, it wasn't born in Durango, but I moved there when I was like six months old and I'd lived there for like until second grade. Oh. So it was weird that we were both from the same small town, but had no idea yeah. each other. So that was like the first kicker. And then we just kind of stayed connected throughout the year and then pursued each other after. So, mm. yeah. It's funny because I asked you, I was like, what was the biggest takeaway? I was kind of like laying it up for you. And <laughs> my you, wife. You don't, even, you don't even mention your wife. And I'm like, all right. No, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, no, she she definitely was the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I thought you were talking about lesson, but that too. So, yeah. Yeah. You go on a mission trip. You might get married. You might. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the lesson. That's the lesson. I love it. Yeah. My wife and I met on a canoeing trip. Nice. In college. You know, we cool. both took the selective for canoeing and freaking, I was like, all right, I like what I see. Like, let me see what this girl's all about. And yeah. then, you know, we had similar faith and values and different yep. things and the rest is history. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, you traveled all these countries, um, you then go into sales and, you know, now, now you're, you're doing the real estate thing in Durango. I mean, Let's talk about this because I've got properties in um, Big Bear, California. And, yeah. You know, Big Bear is a small town. Yep. And I don't even know how many people are in it now. Like, but the sign says like 5,000. But I, I got to imagine there are more people there now. But there's so much, um, just everyone's like second home. Yeah. There. Yeah. The same as in Durango. I wouldn't say everybody is a second home. It's not quite full second home, but there are a lot of, I would say, maybe, almost 50% is second home. A lot of people like to live there. Well, I guess, it, yeah, it would be a second home, but they live there for like three or four months or six months or it's their fifth house or whatever it is. Um, so there is definitely a lot of that. But right. yeah, there are a good amount of people that live there full time. What's like the the median home price there? 737. Oh, okay. So it's pretty expensive out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is it like a secondary market to Vail and all those spots? Like, yeah. So it's like the cheaper Durango, one? Colorado is ser- if you're looking to invest in real estate, I, I truly believe it's one of the un it's the cheapest mountain town in Colorado. I mean, it's not Vail or Telluride or Aspen or anything like that. So it's still un unreached and untouched in a lot of ways. Um, but great amenities and access to all the outdoor stuff. So as soon as the airport gets bigger and gets more direct flights, I think it's really going to blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Big Bear don't have any direct flights. and That's true. It's but still... it's got probably di- like closer, bigger cities maybe. Uh, well, I mean, I drive from Vegas and it takes three and a half hours. But yeah. like people from LA, it takes two hours. There's yeah. no. Yeah. So that's nice. Like Durango's just harder to get to. Like the closest big city is Albuquerque. Other than that, it's like New six, Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. So oh. it's like Southwest Colorado. And other than that, you got Denver, that's seven hours. You got, uh, you got Phoenix at seven hours. So those are the closest so, big cities. So people fly into Phoenix and they drive seven hours to Durango? No, there's direct flights, but I'm saying like, oh. if you were to like driving distance. Got it. Yeah. Direct flights are Dallas, Denver, Phoenix. Oh, okay. So that makes it easy. So man, that's, um, pretty expensive, but I'll say like, the reason I picked Big Bear five now, man, almost going on six years now was because, you know, I looked at it for the same reason. I was like, this is the cheapest mountain town in California. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can go to Tahoe or Mammoth or these other mm-hmm. towns, but like, this is way cheaper. Yep. 
and it's way closer for us in Vegas. And so I was like, this is undervalued. <laughs> yeah. Like what's, what's an average home in Aspen cost? Uh, that's a good question. Probably like 10, really 10 million. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the average, but I mean the average square foot price in Telluride, I know that cause that's only two and a half hours from us. That's 2,500 a square foot. 2,500 a foot. Yeah. That, I've never even heard of Telluride. So yeah, it, it's all heard of Aspen and Vale. Yeah, Telluride's another hidden gem. I think I think it's prettier than both those places. Twenty five hundred a foot. That's crazy. Yeah. What, what's it a foot out there in Durango? So for brand brand new construction, high end, there's probably about three builders doing it. About anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred a square foot. But your average probably house is around four hundred, maybe three hundred. Once you get out inside of some of the smaller cities that are or like towns that are fifteen twenty minutes away. You can get into like 200 a square foot, 200 and something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, like last year you had a good year this year, you know, your, your goal is to do what? A million. A million bucks. Yep. As just a realtor. As just a real, and just on the real estate side. We, we don't have many realtors come on the show. You know, most of the people on the show are entrepreneurs or, you know, big investors, but yeah. I know like a ton of people watch our realtors mm-hmm. and agents. So, I mean, what do you think has led to a lot of the success um, in just a few years? And like what, like, I guess not, not, not that's what's led to a lot of the success, but like, what are you going to be doing differently to get to the next level too? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, definitely like what's led to a lot of the success, I think is, being willing to learn from other people and also having the right mindset. So, um, I have this thing where I read this letter to myself every day and that letter is full of truths about my identity goals and dreams. And it just gets me in the right mindset. No matter what happens, like I can't lose from that. And so that's, I think that's the number one, like the core thing, like foundationally. So you read a letter that you wrote, how long ago did you write it? Uh, about four years ago. You've read it every day. Yeah. Like, do you just like read it in the mirror? Like, what do you do? <laughs> no, great question. I have a, I have like a amazing morning routine, but the morning, the, the letter, uh, I read you now I read it basically in some part of my workout. So okay. whether it's on, I'm on the Peloton or running or lifting weights or whatever it is. And I read it at like a heightened state in my workout and I haven't memorized. So I don't like actually sit there and read it now, but I haven't memorized. So I'll say it. And it's just, I believe faith comes through hearing. In order to hear something, you have to speak it. And so I'm speaking out these truths over my life and just my dreams, my goals, all that stuff. How long does it take? A minute. What, like, don't give me the whole thing, but like, what's some of the stuff in it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just give you like the first part, but it says like, dear Kyle Kunkel, you're a winner, a man of God. And after God's own heart, you dream bigger and go bigger than anyone else out there. God is for you. Nothing can be against you. Th- there's that part. And yeah. then- it said, there's a part that says, uh, get on my level or get out of the way. Um, holding up the numbers before and after I walk into the appointment like Michael Jordan and uh, get that killer instinct. Um, you're hungry for, for blood, for that sale, because that means you're going to provide for your family and going to be able to give to God's kingdom and like all these other things. That's awesome. Um, so there's that piece. There's also a piece in there that, um, yeah. So obviously I don't have it memorized. Yeah, but- yeah for a great stage like this. <laughs> you little, the nerves. The nerves got me. I should have called you up on stage at WealthCon and then just been like, recite it right now. Yeah. I might've been <laughs> done better. <laughs> um, no, that's cool, man. I think uh, 
it's funny because it's like mixed uh, of like the humbleness with also the confidence. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, for me, you know, obviously being Christian, um, you know, I put my faith in God and everything that I do. And that in turn gives me more confidence to yeah. go do the things that, you know, I do on like a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Right. Um, but I've never been one of those guys who've uh, done positive affirmations. Sure. Like I've always been a guy who's like, I just know. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, I walk around like knowing. You know who you like are. Like I'm confident yep. and I'm good. I don't like need to remind myself. Sure. Um, But I know most people are not like that. Most yeah, people yeah. have very self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt, anxiety, just lack of confidence and all these things. Yep. So do you think that like doing that four years ago was like a major reason why you were able to grow so fast? I think so. Um, I think, I don't know if there was a lack of, I mean, I, I like to think of myself as confident in knowing all those things, but I think that it just- Because you hadn't proved it yet. I haven't. You're you, right. You that were like that, saying it Saying it before, before it was, yeah. But it wasn't so much of like, hey, name it, claim it, and be all weird about it. It was just like, hey, I think a lot of times we just have to be reminded of of our identity and who we are because we're not, people aren't always perfect and they'll mess up, but they don't let it, if a lot of people that could throw them off the tracks, but if you remind yourself of who you are, I think that's where it's like, hey, I may have messed up in that moment, but that's, that's not who I am, right? And so I think just having that truce and remembering those truths, I think that's what's been key for me. Mm. You said you have like a whole morning routine. I mean, that's in your, during your workout. What's the rest of the routine? Yeah. So, uh, I've been waking up around four, four, four thirty in between there. Um, and it starts really the night before. So I've been writing down my goals and dreams the night before. Cause I believe like people write them down in January and then they never write them down again. And your goals need fuel, your body, you know, just like your body or your car needs fuel. And so, um, I write them down and then I write down, um, just some of the activities that I'm going to do. And then before I go to sleep, I have this, it's kind of what I call like the golden hour or whatever. So in that first hour of awake is some of the most productive time that I could be in and creative time. So the night before some of my biggest problems that I have, whether it's creating a YouTube video or figuring out how to, you know, sell $5 million homes or $20 million homes. How do I solve that problem? So I'll just say, be like, Holy spirit or conscious, like help me figure this out. I'll go to sleep And then I call it like, you know, how to gain eight hours to, you know, over your competitors because I'm not, I'm sleeping, but my subconscious is solving this big problem. So I'll Mm. wake up, I'll solve the, be able to have the problem solved. Not always, but I'll have some, a piece of it or like an idea. So so I'll write it down um, in the morning and then I spend some time in in prayer and journaling, um, writing down what I'm thankful for. Um, And then from there I'll go and, and I'll do my power hour of work. So whether it's like creating, you know, YouTube ideas or content or, um, just all at home, all at home. Yeah. And then from there I'll, I'll, I'll go work out, do the letter to myself. Um, lately we've been doing this thing with some buddies of working out outside at 6am and just doing well body weight stuff. And then we'll jump in the river afterwards, do a little cold plunge. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What's the what's the temperatures out there right? Yeah, now? the coldest was 16 degrees outside. I'm not sure what the water was, but it's cold and there's snow on the grounds. <laughs> so you were working out in that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are why? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I think just <laughs> mental um 
so it's called F3. It's like uh, like fellowship, um, faith, and fitness. And so they have them all over, but we're starting to like a chapter in our okay. in our area. And uh, it's just, it was cool to, there's a lot of men out there who just don't have community. Like mm. once you get married and you get into business and they just kind of lose that, I that like desire. Or I like not that, that desire, but just like that connection. We're um, starting uh, a business called Wealthy Kingdom. Cool. And we should talk about that. Yeah. No, <laughs> reason, that's why I'm bringing it up. So, but actually, by the time this podcast launches, you guys can go get it, wealthykingdom.com. Sweet. Um, but basically, you know, over the years, like I've always posted about my Bible studies and things um, at our office, and people always DM me, like, Ryan, can I join the Bible study? And mm-hmm. most people, obviously, who follow me are not in Las Vegas. If they're yeah, in yeah, Vegas, yeah. I'm always like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but if they're not, like, can I zoom in? And I'm like, nah, it's private. Like, you know, there's things that are said in there that can't be on Zoom. Sure. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I people's mean, personal peaceful. lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, I, uh, you know, over the years, like I known that like, man, dude, if there's a way to like scale this nationwide, it'd be amazing. And, you know, finally after scaling all these other companies and education and communities, I'm like, all right, now's the time we have the skill set, we have the you know, the audience and the ability to attract the right people. And, um, basically we are launching, uh, you know, a a hybrid model. So like, you know, there's going to be the, the private group and there's going to be like the weekly zoom calls with pastors and, you know, celebrity Christians and and other things. Nice. Um, but the main, like that part's easy. Uh, the, the main part that's tough is going to be starting the local chapters. Uh, and so I'm going to be starting local chapters um, nationwide cool. um, with these Bible studies. So we have the curriculums for, you know, every month for yeah. what we're going to study. And like, you know, the main thing is going to be, you know, finding really good leaders hmm. and strong believers who are going to be able to lead those Bible studies and, you know, really handle those local chapters. Yeah, nice. So I'm excited about that, but I love hearing the... Um, the different things like that you've already experienced. Like I've never heard of F3, but I'm like already in my mind. I'm like, yeah, what if the people in wealthy kingdom started working out together? Yeah. Yeah. Doing all the, like that would be tight, you know? Um, Cause we're already going to do mission trips and we're going to do big events and we're going to do like couples retreats and all those things. Like it's going to be amazing. Um, But then like, you know, hearing you do talk about the 11 day or the 11 months in 11 countries, I was like, why can't we do that? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. So we're gonna have a Durango chapter. Yeah, I'm down. Let's yeah. do it. You guys are already you guys are already doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Just some good curriculum and yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, and the, and the cool thing is, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to attract just all these people nationwide. So yeah. there's people in Durango that you don't know that sure. are now going to be able to come, and yeah, you guys can all have fellowship and community. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, I think and, it's and awesome. It'll, it'll have a common purpose of like you know, it's, it's entrepreneurs and business people who are believers or yep. who are seeking faith and yeah, all that. Yeah. That's awesome. Sorry to interrupt this podcast, but because we are talking about wealthy kingdom, I got to tell you guys, it is ready. We have our pre-launch pricing right now and we are starting May 1st. So if you are interested in joining our community and you're interested in getting the weekly calls and access to the local Bible studies and access to our retreats and mission trips and everything else that we are going to launch, you're going to want to go to wealthykingdom.com and take advantage of that launch pricing today. 
I am so excited about it. doesn't matter whether you're a longtime Christian who is looking for more fellowship or if you're somebody who is seeking and not sure what you believe yet. We welcome both of you. We want you guys in Wealthy Kingdom. It is going to be a great place for you to grow in your faith in Jesus. So go to WealthyKingdom.com, take advantage of the pre-launch pricing, and I'll see you there. Yeah, it's been cool because you get, I even gotten like business owners in the area who are like, hey, what is that? I want to come, you know, and they're, so it's also been an opportunity to, for people just to come learn, which has been cool too, that are are just open to Cause I mean, I feel like once you play, like you played college or college and, you know, pro ball and, and after, after you kind of get out of that, you lose that camaraderie yeah, you in do. a way and, or people who are in the military, they lose that camaraderie. So, um, you get married, you have kids and you start to just lose that. Yeah. And cause so you're, you know, you're obviously focused on your family and yeah, I've even struggled with that where, um, you know, like obviously I put my family, you know, very high on the priority list, but I also put fellowship and friends and like that stuff's also very important. Yeah. But it's hard to maintain those relationships. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this because I think a lot of um, Christians struggle to find other Christians in the business space. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is going to simplify it for yeah. everyone. Make it really simple. And that's true because it's, I feel like that's super important to have that, that connection all the way around. Yeah. So, so you talked about like a power hour, which is interesting. I've heard like that term before, but you said you'll do your morning routine, then you'll hit an hour of work, then work out. Whereas I've always been like, let me go finish off all my like stuff working on me. Let me, you know, I'll go pray and do all my things. I'll go work out. I'll go knock all that out. Then I'm gonna go work. Why yeah. do you choose to like do an hour of work? Yeah, I think, um, well, it's after I spend time in like prayer and journaling and writing down what I'm thankful for and all those things. But I feel like it's just a time where my brain is and creative side of me is is more alive and awake. And so I get to access that right. and just be really, really creative and productive and um, and then go work out. Because I think you, when you work out, you can still have be creative if you want, but it's more, you just focus is different and you you use a lot of, a lot of energy and it gets the endorphins going and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I feel like during that power hour, um, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's something special. It's like it's a very, yeah, yeah. It's your most productive hour. Yeah. And I, I believe that, you know, 20% of your, of your time makes 80% of your income. Right. So if you can figure out like, Hey, where's my IPA increasing profit activity, HLA high leverage activity, like where does, where does my time, where's my time best spent? I think that's it. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, um, unknowingly have kind of like understood the power hour, um, especially on weekends when I don't have to go to work or anything. Sure. So, you know, like on, on the weekends or something, um, like I'll do my normal running routine and then usually I don't work out on the weekends. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm up early sure. and the kids aren't awake. And so yep. I'll be like, all right, you know, what do I want to do? And so like, I'll start working on some like new idea Yeah. and then, you know, the kids wake up and I'm done. But like, it's basically like that. It's like, I got an hour of like just full focus, no distractions. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten a lot of like big things that have happened during like the power hour Mm -hmm. unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned too, um, going to bed, thinking about a problem. And that's kind of weird for me because I usually go to bed like 
trying to be peaceful mm-hmm. and not thinking about a problem because then I can't go to sleep. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I'll be like, Oh man, dude, I gotta solve this problem right now. That's yeah. like how my personality is. Yeah, that's true. I guess it could be different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I just like have, I like when I go to sleep, I'm just like trying to drown out everything yeah. and just like, have nothing in my mind. Yeah. I, I, you, I mean, honestly, like I'm so tired that that usually happens. Yeah. Um, but I've, I feel like I can just take a little bit of a thing, whatever it is like, Hey, how am I going to do this? And then just trust that it's going to get solved. And so I'm not trying to solve it. Like I'm not worried about it because like my trust is fully just in, in that process and in God that he's going to give me the wisdom or he's going to give me the idea. And so I just kind of let it go. Yeah. And I'm able to sleep. So I guess everybody's, you know, the way they think is different. So that yeah. may be harder for some people. So, I mean, what did you do though, after the morning routine and everything to grow your real estate business so fast? Like what did, what, what did your day look like? Were you just prospecting or like? Yeah. I mean, a lot of prospecting on the phone, uh, calling expireds, Fizbos, just focusing on like higher end homes and luxury, just cause I felt like that was a market that people are afraid to get into for right. whatever reason, like they're, you know, their mindset is off or they're just worried, you know, they, they don't feel comfortable or whatever it is, but realize, but I've realized like, you know, these people, a lot of them have come from not a lot either. So they appreciate the hustle. Um, but also just, you know, just treating them like a real person. They got a heartbeat, they got, you know, they bleed red. So it's not like anything different. Right. And, uh, they appreciate that when you treat them like that, obviously have respect and their stuff, but, um, but that was what it was like using a script, having a presentation down when I got in front of them, and learn, using from somebody else who has been super successful in the business and, and not trying to just do it on my own. And, uh, I mean, doing it on my own, but not on my own, I guess, just caught like using a system that worked and no matter what market you're in. And so that's how I've been able to, to kind of. And what do you, so off. what do you think like the difference will be to the next stage? For me, uh, it was hiring, right? So figuring out where my time is best spent. And so I uh, hired a couple of virtual assistants in the Philippines who do a lot of my social media stuff, um, which has been great. Uh, having a YouTube guy kind of runs my YouTube stuff. Um, being able to hire inside sales assistants. I have a couple guys in Mexico that do my inside sales assistants. Um, and then hiring buyers, buyer agents that when it's at a certain price point that you know, I still work with friends and family, but if it's at a certain price point, then I've learned to just delegate it and let it go and realize that, Hey, my time is better spent doing something else. Right. Yeah. You're in the managed stage, you know, I, uh, I got a philosophy of make, manage, multiply. And, you know, stage one is make 250 with a skill on your own, which you did. I mean, you, you basically hit it your first year Yeah. as a realtor. Then you go into the second stage of manage, which is like, Hey, in order to scale, I can't, I only have so many hours in the day. Exactly. I can only prospect so much. I can only show so many houses. Like, what am I going to do? I got to hire. <laughs> so like how much have the growing pains been in that process of finding good people and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's been hard in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think the first, you know, inside sales assistant I had, uh, was actually a licensed agent and I was really just like, um, it was it was a funny thing because I was like, they were, they were okay at it and I was just giving them everything, but it just wasn't what they were. It was better for me just to give them leads to go do show property. Um, mm-hmm. And it just wasn't a skill set. So yeah, I think it's been a process, but um, I have a guy now who's just, he's definitely overqualified and he's crushing it. 
That's good. Yeah. Just got to keep giving them more and more things to do and responsibility yeah. and yeah. leads and yeah. all that. But I think as it, you know, if I, you know, as I continue to grow and, and bring in, you know, maybe I have like 15 inside sales assistants or 20 inside sales assistants selling like everything. I think that's kind of where, um, finding the right people is going to be key. So I think, I think for me, I've already decided like, Hey, I'm going to hire somebody who's, who's, who's been an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hire somebody who, you know, understands like how to work hard and who's willing to learn. And, uh, you know, you know, for me, I like faith-based just cause it's, there's already, um, like that conscience kind of built in maybe in some ways I can trust them a little bit more. Not that yeah. no one, people don't do well, each other. Well, you know, more. Yeah, I so. think what you're referring to more so is um, core values. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, one of the Just things- Just like your core values up there. That was yep. great. Love that. Yep. So one of the things we always teach companies is, you know, when you're first getting into this managed stage and you're going to hire people, the number one thing you got to first go through is core values. What are things that are important to you, right? And and honestly, a core value is non-negotiable. Yep. And so if you're going to say this is a core value, you will not hire anyone who <laughs> lacks this. No matter how good they are, no matter how much money they can make, yep. you're not going to hire them yeah. because they'll destroy the rest of the company. Yep. And so like for us, I made our core values over three years ago and I have yet to change them. Nice. You know, we had serve others. So I wanted people who we're strictly all about just helping other people. You know, if you're just all about me, then it ain't, you ain't a good fit, right? Yep. Next one was train daily. I wanted yeah. people who were going to get, you know, better every single day, not be content with just, you know, floating. Yep. Um, the next was play fair. You know, I wanted people who had integrity and um, people I could trust. And then the last one is no ego. Hmm. You know, I, I want people who are really good, but I don't need you to tell me you're really good. Yeah. When you're, there's a, there's a saying that my business coach, Gary, um, who we've actually partnered with, um, on another company called wealthy business, where he says, when you're good, you'll tell people you're good and mm. that like everything when you're great, people will tell you. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So, yeah, I think that's what the next phase is going to be for you. When you yeah. go hire these 15, um, sales reps, you know, you're going to have to have your core values in line. You're going to have to, you know, make sure they understand those in the interview process. They're non-negotiable. And, you know, from there, obviously, hey, what's their experience? How hungry sure. are they for the yeah. job? You know, how talented are they naturally at the job? And, all right, all those check the box. You're good with the pay. Cool. Well, let's yep. give it a shot. Let's roll. Yeah. Yeah. So that Because that eliminates so much headache for us. Yeah. <laughs> like, we get so many applicants every week. Yeah, yeah. So we got to have, like, a really good filtering process. Nice. And, you know, I mean, you've walked around, so like everybody's very yeah. friendly and nice like, and the values are like, you can tell like everyone, regardless of Christian or not, sure, they all have the same core values. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, important. It was funny. One of my core values, we, we did have a fifth that we had to get rid of before it ever became value. And, um, he's like, what's like, what, what do you want for the last one? I was like, I want them to be like intelligent. <laughs> and he's like, okay, like, you know, you want smart people. That's good. He's like, so if somebody has the other four and they're not smart, will you take them? And you know, they're a hard worker and everything else. And I was like, yeah, probably. Like, I mean, there's other jobs there's where you other don't positions. have to be like yeah. the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's not a core value. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. 
You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, I guess we can. And yeah, let me tell you, we've hired some people that they they definitely would not qualify as the smart people. Yeah, they're <laughs> college or <laughs> high school dropouts, and you know, and being a high school dropout doesn't make you not smart. But um, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, dude, I think that's uh that's super dope that you're you're going that path. What about investing? Yeah, yeah. So uh did a investment last year with um you know Airbnb and it was it was actually a listing that I had. How's and the Airbnb market out there? It's good. I mean it's definitely slowed down. It's very seasonal. Yeah. Um in the sense of like, you know, it's kinda of like mud season now and snows I mean we still have a lot of snow, but it's just not people want to be warm now and they're tired of the winter. So um so it's a little slower right now, but summers are always awesome. Our summer last year was awesome, but um, yeah, the Airbnb market, I mean, people make anywhere from 70 to 150 K, on the house, depending on, you know, yeah. price points and all that stuff and where it's at, but it was good. I mean, I, I took my commission, put it back in the deal. Um, so that was great. And we remodeled some pieces of it and it's doing well. Um, you know, there's a couple things I'm looking at, so I may flip it. Um, mm. but it's, yeah, just to go into something else or something bigger, but mm. yeah. How big is it? It's not huge. It's like 2,800 square feet, four bedroom. That is a huge house, dude. <laughs> 2,800 square feet. My 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 Airbnb cabins are like 900 square feet. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so it is bigger. Um, we actually- How much was it? So it was a million 25. Okay. Yeah. And we, we, we actually split it into two because there's a separate entrance. So we put it in a kitchen on the other side. Okay. And we split it down the middle, but we have it where you can rent out the whole thing or just pieces of it. So, ah. um, but yeah, it's, it does well, but I think we're going to, I think we may flip it. So what do you think you'd flip it for now? So I'm looking at a couple franchises, um, for just the, the health industry. And so look into, and then they're very hands-off and they're not in Durango. Um, so I'm looking at some, at those and then, um, and then eventually take that cash flow and put it into real estate. But I think they'll, they'll do better than the Airbnb. So it's just moving around money for mm. me. But what do you think you can flip the, uh, Oh, what I think I flipped before, uh, after the remodel. And then we're going to finish up putting, um, you know, some paint on it and stuff like that. But I think, you know, we're trying to get a, a million 35. Okay. Or a million three hundred fifty. Sorry. Yeah. 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 One point three. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a good payday. Yeah. Then go buy some health franchises. Yep. I had um Gary Brecka with Ten X Health here. Yeah. A couple of months ago. Nice. And you know their franchise model super interesting mm -hmm. with what they're doing. But Gary's a good buddy of mine. He um actually um, hooked me up with his team to help get my son some stem cells and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's super, awesome. Super cool. Yeah, we did the whole carry thing with the, uh, you know, testing your genes and all that stuff and yeah. do all that. So yeah, it's, it's good stuff. So what are you, what are you looking at getting into with health? Uh, I signed an NDA, so I can't necessarily talk about it, but it's just a hybrid of all of, all of that stuff, all of, like the, you know, the cryo bed stuff and like, okay. like all, all of that, that all that stuff basically. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a gym or like a no, shop or no, something. No, no, okay. it's very much a like more like higher what end. What do they call membership. them? Med spas? It's like a med, yeah, almost like a med spa. Um, higher end, uh, 24 hour service. Oh, everything. Yeah. Go in, just get freaking cryo, go get a red light therapy and some magnets and yeah, all the stuff, all this stuff. Yep. I haven't tried any of that stuff yet. Have you? I've done some. Uh, I mean, I just like the, 
the jumping in the cold water. I was going to say, you just hop in the freaking, yeah. the lake where you guys are at and you're good. <laughs> you don't like, you just step outside. Yeah. We just step outside. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But yeah, no, that's been kind of intense to do that. I've only been doing that for maybe like three weeks. So oh. the, the the cold water, as far as like the river, but it, it definitely, I feel good. My body feels good. All that stuff. So I know it's good for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like to me, and this is one thing I found in like most successful people, like it comes down to mindset. Yeah. And like I can tell like, which is your mindset. You're like very confident in your faith. You're confident in yourself. You have this desire to want to improve. You have this desire um, to, to, to be humble enough to say, Hey, I need help. You yeah. know, I need mentors. I need this. You know, you've got this mindset of, like, hey, I want to try these new things for my health and see if that improves me. What's the mo- what's the optimal hour to work? What are the problems? How, like, you remind me a lot of me because I'm always like questioning things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, is this the best way to do it? You know, what yeah. is the best thought to think to get the optimal result? Yep. Like, yeah. how, how big of I guess, how big of a thinker are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no great question. I, I think I definitely think. Um, I think sometimes my wife's like, hey, like, hello, I'm talking to you. And I'm yeah. like, over here thinking, right? And I think uh, for me, I'm I'm definitely, definitely a thinker. So always trying to like solve, not, I don't even solve problems, but just ideas or just going over scenarios in my head and all of that stuff. So yeah, definitely. A, Do you a have like a thinker. philosophy of just like, for me, to give an example, right? Like, over the years, like I didn't realize I had a philosophy until people kept asking me the same questions and I kept giving the same answers. I'm like, this is how you do it. Like yeah. the way that, you know, people have been telling you to do this is wrong. This is the better way to do it. Right. And so then that eventually became the wealthy way. Yep. Um, hmm. Because everybody was like, how do you run all these businesses? How do you still have time for your family? How do you yeah, stay yeah. in shape? How do you have time for faith? Like I can't even do one properly. How do yep. you do all of them? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and before there was a wealthy way, it just was like a natural thing mm. that I did. I'm like, well, of course I want to have a good family life. If I want to have a good family life, these are the steps that I need to take in order to do so. Oh, but guess what? If I want to put time into there, I have to take time out of there yeah. from here. But I still want to make this money and grow this. So how <laughs> do I do it? And so you're like, you know, I, I came to this problem of like, well, the world would tell you that the only way to increase this is to spend more time here and mm. sacrifice this. And I'm like, but there's got to be a way yeah, that allows you to do both. Yep. And, you know, obviously that's what we preach with the wealthy way now. But um, I'm curious, like, if you've kind of had any of those realizations over time. That- yeah. I mean, I think so. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I guess I'm still in the process of creating like that philosophy yeah. of what that looks like and asking questions and stuff like that. But for me, it's it's bare fruit life. Like I think people should have fruit on the tree in all aspects of their life, right? Like spiritual, mental, physical, financial, and each one of those buckets are full and not just full, but overflowing into 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 other people, right? And uh, and I think the way you do that, you know, is is delegating and trusting and kind of doing a lot of what you've already done, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, it's. For me, I believe it's finding people who not just are saying it, but are living it and they have true fruit, right? Because some per- some people may have fruit in their relationship, but they don't have fruit financially, right? Right? Or they may be very, you know, have the fruit f- 
financially, but the relationships are suffering. And yeah. that's kind of like what the world, like you're saying, like, so how do you get all of it? And, uh, and I think for me, that's kind of where I created, you know, barefoot life, you know? So, so like, what is it? Like how, what is barefoot life? Like, what did you create? Yeah. So it's, it's the, you know, millionaire mindset, create a millionaire mindset. And that's kind of like the course I've created and it helps people kind of walk through how I've done that and not coming from, you know, much, but being able to build, um, build that in my morning routine and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So the course is, you have a course and where's it at? Uh, barefootlife.com. Barefruitlife.com. B-E-R. Bear like raw bear. B-E-A-R. Yeah. Fruitlife.com. Okay. And then the the course is on mindset. Yes. And yep. Just the millionaire mindset. Yeah. So like going over morning routine you mentioned. What else? Uh, yeah. So creating that morning routine and then all those different aspects um, having, you know, having someone like figure out like how to write that letter to themselves and have that, those truths that they say out loud. Uh -huh. So it's all those things that I mentioned, but kind of just like walking them through it because I think a lot of, it's one thing to say something, but to actually do it is another thing. And so kind of walking someone through that process of actually taking action on it or massive action on it. How do you get somebody to take action? This is like something I've always struggled with because I don't, and I don't have a good answer to it because like people are like, well, but how do you like take so much action, do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I have the idea and I, I just, just do, do it. Yeah. I just do. You yeah. Know? Like, I've wondered that too, with like even coaching, like coaching kids and coaching athletes. It's like some kids just have that inner like drive and they want to go to that next level and they want to take massive action. But then you have, you know, the kid who maybe has a lot of talent, but they're not taking that action. They're not trying to learn. Yeah. They're not trying to all that stuff. So how do you do that? I, I think for me, you know, helping people discover their why and what's going to help kind of move the ball down the, the court or down the field, but also asking the right questions, like asking like, what do you want? Mm. Like if you ask someone what they want, then you actually know how to help them versus just trying to sell them something that you don't know if they need it or not. Yeah. It's uh, I have this saying, that I've recently, I came up with it at my last event, like on stage out of the blue. Yeah. Somebody just asked me this question. I was like, well, obviously your purpose has to exceed the cost. And then like, I started like thinking about it. I was like, man, I need to get that on a shirt. Like purpose, greater sign cost. Yeah. And it's true, right? Like I don't have the thing to tell you like, well, dude, if you take a cold shower, you're going to be more likely to take action. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know of anything that I do that does that. Right. But what I do know is people who take massive action, uh, do it because the purpose of that action exceeds the cost of however difficult that action is going to be, or that goal is going to be to hit. Yeah. So it's like, man, okay, you want to be a YouTuber? Well, guess what? Here's the cost. Yep. Editors, there's there's financial. You're gonna have to spend a lot of time on camera. You're yep. gonna have to be ridiculed. Yep. You're gonna have to think of ideas. Like there's there's this cost associated with it. So first off, you gotta understand what the true cost is. Yep. Then you look at it and you're like, all right, well, why do I want to be? What's the purpose mm -hmm. of why I want to be a YouTuber? Okay. Does it outweigh the cost? The cost. Yeah. And if it does, you'll do it. Yeah. Because it's worth it. Yep. Um. And you know that that purpose will push you through any struggles. Yeah, that's right. You know, all the trials that come with achieving a goal. And I've just realized over the years that like most people who say things but never do them, it's because the purpose doesn't outweigh the cost. So yeah. like, well, 
yeah, I want to be a millionaire, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, here's, here's the cost. What, yep, here's the cost. To be a millionaire. And they're like, well, I don't want to call sellers every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could tell somebody right now, oh, you want to make 250 grand as a realtor? Here's the cost. Yep. I need you to make this many calls a day, talk to this many people, post this many times. Yep. You know, and if you do that, you'll you'll do it. Yeah. And then people can make the judgment or not whether they <laughs> they really want to make 250 because they might look at it and be like, after a week of doing it, like, no, I'm no, making 250 is not, not that important. Yeah. Like I'm good at 60. <laughs> for real. That's, yeah, that's the no, choice that's people true. make. And I think, you know, it's, it's definitely like for me, I've always said it's making your why bigger than you. Right. And I, the analogy or there's just what I've done to realize, like even in a workout, like when I used to do CrossFit stuff, I would think like, Hey, I'm actually going to put a, for every set I do, I'm going to put a dollar towards this nonprofit or feeding this, you mm. know, feeding the orphans. And so when and I wanted to quit on me, I couldn't because I, or I could, but there was no way because the why was bigger than me. Cause I yeah. was actually going to help, like, I'm actually going to help feed these kids. Yeah. And so it, w- it wasn't just quitting on myself. It was, it was something that was bigger than me. Yeah. And so I think when you find that or figure out what those things can be, um, it changes the game. 100%. Like I'll tell you with Wealthy Kingdom, like obviously the purpose behind that is so much greater yeah. than anything else I'm doing. And the other stuff I do is obviously going to make way more, way more money. money. Yeah. And, you know, it's like our, our programs and things cost thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but Wealthy Kingdom is going to be a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And it's like, the, the value they're going to get is crazy. Mm-hmm. And like financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. why we're doing it. But I'm like, look, I just want to get people in. And obviously, I, I, I just want to create a system where there's some accountability and skin in the game. Yep. And, you know, obviously we have money to grow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a standalone thing. Yep. But uh, financially, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, purpose-wise, it's like far greater yeah. than the rest of it. Yep. And so like, you'll see when I, when I start talking about it and the passion and everything else, it'll be like, dude, he's just like going full force to grow that thing yeah. and to plant these chapters and to do like, even though it makes no sense financially. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the why is bigger. The why is bigger than me. Yep. Right. Yep. And so it's like, there's a need. There's just, there's nowhere for Christian entrepreneurs to go. Yeah. I'm going to create it. That's awesome. And to your point, if you can make whatever it is you're doing in work bigger than you, right? And I think like bigger than you can be a lot of things. Like most people, when you start off, it's like, uh, all right, well, I got to take care of my wife, yeah, right? And so it's like, this is bigger than me. Like I got to provide for my wife now. Mm. <laughs> like I'm not a single dude who can be broke anymore. <laughs> That's kind of how I was. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. a single dude who was broke playing minor league baseball. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Dude, I'll be broke. Like, yeah, it's fine. I'm playing ball. It's yeah, good. I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm good. <laughs> but then I got married and I'm like, all right, yeah. I can't be broke no more. Yep. Like I got to provide for my wife. So yeah. like my desire to make more income was increased yep. because it was not about me anymore. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, kids and yep. all that. And then like, even with building these businesses, uh, it's like, yeah, I'm taken care of. Like I've been taken care of a yeah. long time ago, yep. but my employees aren't yet like yep. they they've got dreams and goals. Like how do I help them achieve it? How do yep. I give them new opportunity? Yep. Our students, how do I help them yep. get to the next goal? Like if I were to just stop and retire, like what a waste. Yeah. Yeah. 
honestly <laughs> like a waste on like your almost like your calling you yeah know? yeah what a waste yeah but that it goes back to because i'm very clear on this is bigger than me yep and i guess for you what like pushes you yeah yeah no that's a great question i mean obviously like hey for you know my wife and my kids and you know leaving a legacy and all those things are great but for me i think i i just believe that I can change a lot of people's lives and in a positive way. And so, you know, and, and so I want to be able to give back and use my gifts for, you know, God's glory and not just for, you know, for me or, um, so in that way, I I just wanted to help change a lot of people's lives. So I have a story. There's this guy that I'm, I was working with, um, and he was looking at spending, you know, 40 million in, uh, in Southwest Colorado, looking at Aspen, Vail, some of those bigger areas and we met at the the breaker and the breakers in Florida, and I had no idea what to expect when I met this guy. And he walks up and just, you know, obviously won't say what he looks like or all that kind of stuff. But high profile person, yeah. And we celebrity? Sit, uh, no, he's very quiet. Just like a rich, yeah, you know, business guy. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. quiet um, about who he is and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, we started we started talking and we just connected and we connected a lot about the travel stuff because he, you know, is from a different country and all that kind of stuff. And we, and honestly, I was, I was there for, I was actually there for last year. It was at Grant Cardone's like conference or whatever, 10 X conference in Florida. And then that's uh, where you met him. Uh, so I met him when I was down there. So I was down there for that, but we stayed for like two weeks and vacationed and stuff like that. And he was looking we were already connected in about Colorado property. And how'd you guys even connect? Uh, so I was working, I'm working for like a developer there. And so we were working on like these $4 million homes. Got it. And so he had reached out about that. So, oh, okay. Yep, got it. Yep. And so anyways, uh, we started, we started talking and we just connected about life and he was like, man, like you, it's so cool that you can, you know, travel with your wife and bring her on these trips and have your kids and all that stuff. And he had just gone through a divorce, had a four-year-old daughter. He's, and he looked at me and he's like, man, I can have anything I want in this world, like tangibly. He's like, but I don't have, I don't have what, what you have. And that kind of just hit me in the stomach. And I realized like, man, like I, I, I feel like there's more that I can give to people beyond just like helping them sell a house. Mm-hmm. or buy a house, right. even if it is 40 million bucks. Like, it's like, hey, I want to give back in a different way. Right. And so that's been kind of the thing that has kind of birthed this barefoot life thing. Mm. I love that, bro. So if anyone wants to get it, it's barefruitlife.com. Yep. If they want to get a house in Durango. <laughs> yeah, you know who to reach out to, Kyle Kunkel. There How do they go. find you? Uh, for real estate stuff, you can go to kylekunkel.com, but you know, for everything else, barefruitlife.com. Kyle Kunkel. Yeah, Kunkle, like <laughs> uncle, but Kunkle with a K. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, bro. Well, it was great having you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you, bro. Love seeing, you know, believers in business doing great things, man. So uh, I'm sure we'll be doing some more things together, dude. And uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, guys. thanks, Ryan. It was yeah. fun. Guys, go follow um, Kyle. Go, go check out Barefruit Life. And uh, make sure if you like this episode, you subscribe. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace.